Just get, just get it. Just get overflow. <laughs> we are just like, oh, shh. Don't, don't talk so loud. Man. We are just in. We are within feet from GLT. He's coming closer. Bishop. He's saying hi. David just shook his hand. Thanks to you guys. Hi. Good to see you again. Nice to see you again, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's um, it's a good start. It is. Yeah. Look at this. Podcast. Yeah. Cool. I've got a huge family. During my talk, I'm getting FaceTime messages from my sisters. <laughs> Why aren't you calling us? I go, oh, you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 900 people here. Would you stop calling? <laughs> so I go up and make some calls. Yeah. Good to see you guys. That's good to see you, too. Thank, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Good to see you guys. That was pretty cool. That was cool. He said he remembered me. He shook my hand. <laughs> there are parts we will edit out if we got it on. I don't think we recorded, but that was cool. He said hi. All right. So we ready? have GLT stamp of approval, unofficially. Unofficial. Unofficial. That's the fun part. Yeah. Unofficial. All right. Officially unofficial. Officially unofficial. Hello, This is our special, special, extra special episode or sodes of Among Wolves. You can tell 20- your kids are asleep because you're you're usually way louder when you do that. <laughs> you're like, I know, huh? kids are sleeping. <laughs> yeah, Henry's asleep. He's in the next room, and then Lisa will hear me and then go, "Hey, Henry's asleep." Or Robert is supposed to be asleep, but he has this habit of turning his light on and trying to read, and then he usually falls asleep. That's super so, cute. So he stays in his room, so I'm okay. <laughs> so, all right, wait. This is the extra, 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 extra. Hit the horn. Extra. Oh, I didn't have it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't have it up, sorry. It's okay. Leave all this in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so that's the this is the extra, extra special episode of uh, Among Wolves where we hung out at the Dawson Conference on Friday and Saturday of uh, September 17th and 18th, and it was over at the Orleans Hotel Casino. And, and we, go ahead. we were able to get a nice table right there in the, begin- in yeah, the front. It was pretty sweet. The table was perfect. So thanks to Connie Clough for the, for the sweet table. And hopefully we can do this again next year. Yep, yep, that'll be great. And then um, things I learned, I learned that um, uh, th- we're, we're really bad at making introductions to people, so we need to do that here. That's better this way, because some of the people were just like, hey, sit down. Yeah, I know. Or some of the people were like, hey, we're talking, and now it's getting deep. Just shut up and start, start recording. recording. <laughs> <laughs> now start talking. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing I learned was that we need a publicist, because uh, I'm – trash at self-promotion and uh then gv was like hey you guys should do this you guys should do that i'm like oh those are all good ideas and so uh leaning in on gv's idea so hey honey if you're listening which she's not listening because she never listens but uh, wives don't listen i know it's weird even when they're on the show 
and they still don't listen afterwards. But she, uh, so her idea was, and I think it's a great one, to um, give a twenty-five dollar Amazon gift card to a random new listener. So if you just started listening to us from the conference, or because this is just the first episode you started listening to, we won't know. We can't tell. Um, go ahead and uh, tag us either on Facebook or on Instagram at uh, Among Wolves Pod, and then uh, we'll go ahead and take everybody who's tagged us to put everybody's name in a hat. And announce the winner at the next episode. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we'll find your address. We'll stock send you. Send you the card. Send you a gift oh, card. Yeah. Electronic. We'll probably ask you. Sorry. Yeah. We won't go out and fight you. <laughs> we will fight you. We have a particular set of skills. <laughs> yes. Called the phone book. Oh, real quick, did you oh, drink in anything? I am not. No, I do not have a. Mm. I do not. I don't have a drink. Well, guess what? I went to the store and I found two new Oktoberfests. Oh, crap. What did you get? I found the Shinerbach Oktoberfest. That's a good That's one. That's what I'm drinking now. It's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> so it's um, Shinerbach is a beer from Texas, Shiner, Texas. I remember finding out about it many a years ago because I used to drink Newcastle everywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> and this one bar that used to be by the comic book shop. And I used to go there. Jason, my cousin Jason and I used to go, and we'd go. It was the T-Bird, the old T-Bird. And they uh, used to, um, we used to get T-Bird burgers and and stuff. And then, you know, so this one day I was there, to, uh, and I got a beer. And I was like, hey, do you guys have Newcastle? And they're like, no, but I got this. It's like Newcastle from Texas. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I saw it, and I was like, oh, we saw this at Trader Joe's. This is I didn't think it was going to be that good. And it was great. So I was like, okay. So now, I, you know, but it was on tap. I don't think I ever see it on tap, but. No, like, you know, um, so. I think uh, Big B's Barbecue um, over by. Oh, they probably do. Yeah, they have it on tap over there. Where's Big B's? Over by the uh, um, the hospital. Oh, yeah. Uh, St. Rosa. So yeah. remember that, hospital workers, Big B's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. um. So, yeah, so I went to Vaughn's the other day, and they found the Schoenerbach uh, Oktoberfest, and then I saw a Firestone uh, Oktoberfest oh, also. Neat. And, of course, earlier I already bought my Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Yeah. And, oh, cool story about Schoenerbach. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, at Vaughn's, they'll do these $5 six-packs on some certain Fridays. And the day my father-in-law came into town, they had the Schoenerbach uh, <clears throat> um Six packs for five dollars. So I was like, "Sweet, he loves the Shinerbach too." So I was like, "Cool." So I went and bought four of them because that's the max. So I spent twenty dollars, but I got a case of beer. So, nice. so I walk in with you know these six packs, and Lisa's like, "What are you doing?" And then I went back out and bought two more <laughs> six packs. <laughs> that's awesome. Let me just tell you, most of that was gone by the time he left. <laughs> so the two of us polished off most of those. Yeah, that's good stuff though. Because we need to be edited if we're necessary. Mostly Neil needs to be edited. Father Daniel! <laughs> hey, what up? She's like, I have no idea. She's like, screw that guy. Is that recording? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Welcome to the 2021 Las Vegas Conference of this Diocese. The diocese in Las, Las Vegas. Diocese Conference? Las Vegas Diocese Conference. What's awesome. up? Hi, Gerard. How's it going? We got Gerard coming to the table. Take a sticker, dude. Yeah, these are free stickers we give away. So welcome to the conference, Neil. It's nice of you to show up. Thank you. Sorry it's real late.
All right. Well, first up on the docket, we have an interview with a former student of ours, uh, Amanda Everson, who went away to college, and I guess she's uh, now doing her student teaching here back in town, um, working with CCSD. So um, it's a nice little interview. We caught her, um, you know, while she was walking by us. And what's great, too, is, you know, like I said, our table was great. So anybody walks by, you're like, hey, say something. A lot of people didn't want to, but she sat down and sat with us, and, you know, it was always good to see her. I'm glad she's back in town, and, uh, you know, we had a good little interview with her, so uh, we can uh, play that right here. So uh, we're talking to Catholic pet peeves. Like, what are the, what's the most annoying thing that you hear that's related to Catholicism? The most annoying thing that I hear related to Catholicism. That other people have. That other people have told or other people have said or... That you just like, I'm so. If I hear that one more time, I'm gonna strangle somebody. I feel like for me, like coming like fresh out of like college and Newman Center situation is like when people get really like they're like, oh, you don't like Latin Mass better than regular Mass. Oh my goodness, yes. You don't. You don't get something so much more out of it. Like that's, and I'm just like I. It's really beautiful, but I have no idea what's happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't think that that's. I don't think that that's wrong. Right, yeah. No, that's no, my pet peeve. I, I, I know a lot like of people it. like that. I, I feel the same way because I've gone to Spanish Mass a few times. Yeah. And even though, like, you know, it's, I know what's going on because yeah. it's still Mass. Right. I'm like, all right, I, I don't get it. But then, like, other people are, like, saying everything. Like, in Latin, you're just standing there like, well, now I just feel a little awkward. Right. It's that, it's that, it's that I'm holier than you type thing. And that's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's an issue. Yeah. That is definitely an issue. I, I feel that pet peeve. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think I also think that the Latin Mass is a beautiful Mass. But the, or, the Novus Ordo done well is also a beautiful Mass. I love that Bishop Thomas just had mentioned how, like, that's going to be one of the themes of, like, the going forward in the diocese is making liturgy beautiful and good preaching and stuff like that. I'm like, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> cool. Thanks for joining. Any uh, anytime, apparently. Anytime I run into you in the hallway, I'll be sure to hop on down. There. And take Just some stickers. All right. Pass them out. So this is what is what what do we have going on? This here? is a podcast. We okay, have a podcast. It's called I Among Wolves. I did not know that prior to five seconds ago. That's okay. Some of it's inappropriate for children, so we don't advertise oh, it to young. But you're not a child anymore. You're, you're not, not a child adult anymore. Now. So I can tell I look you. like a child, but I'm yes. not a child. No. So now you can know. And because we met you at such a young age, you're always going to be kind of like a kid to Correct. us. Yeah, no, that's okay. I definitely it's get a problem. That. Yeah. Yes. No, I would just, I would be, Grace was just telling me about boys, and I was like, no, you're an infant. We can't, <laughs> we can't have these discussions. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. What, what grade are you, grade? grade. What year are you in college now? I'm doing my student teaching, so oh, oh, I got like two no. months left. <laughs> oh, you're boy. so old. I know. When did that happen? So you're like almost done? Yeah. Wait, so you're going to be done at December then? So this is like your practicum already. Yeah, so like I'm in elementary school right now for another two weeks. I've been doing eight weeks there and then eight weeks middle school. I don't know how much I like public school, so I'm definitely going to look into Catholic school. You know, there's a parish that I've heard of that has a Catholic school. No, I have heard. I've heard rumors about that, so uh, I might have to. uh, I may or may not have a couple of connections. You may may have more than a couple of connections. Yeah, (laughs) a couple of generations of connections. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, so. uh, And I mean, I I went. Please come teach at our school. I went to public school, and I. 
it's very different than it was five or 15 right. years ago. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, 15. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm in elementary right now, which, like, I mean, I obviously haven't seen since I was a child. And, yeah. Uh, but no, Did elementary school is a hot mess right now in the public. Were, yeah. were you in elementary school out here or, yeah. like, in Colorado? No, I was out here for all my K-12, so... I thought I knew what I was getting myself into, but I didn't. Where are you student teaching? I'm at Twitchell Elementary right now. Oh, wow. Which the is, old church. Everybody's like, "It's oh, that's such a good school. And I'm like, if this is a good one, I don't want to see a bad one. There, yeah. Yeah. Ask, yeah. Ask Lisa about schools. Yeah, talk to Lisa about some, some of the problems because but, there's problems. But what's funny, too, is it's like each school has its own problems because yeah. you go like she started out you know up in the east side mm-hmm. and then moved to north las vegas so she's in like the the you know the harder hit areas yeah. and yeah. they have their own problems and then she goes to like a more richie school mm-hmm. and she's like oh there's a whole different set of problems yes. i think i miss my you know yep. yeah. my old problems you know and it's I say, think no matter where you go, the problems are gonna suck. I guess. So if you're dealing with, it's like, oh, money's no object, and we always have the funds, or you're at like we're scraping for everything, but yet the parents, you know, are either don't acknowledge their students at all, yeah, or they're up your butt about everything. Right. Yeah, no, my uh, my biggest current struggle is a transgender fourth grader who. Uh, shouts obscenities at me during class but we don't expel or suspend because we have to meet the students where they're at so I have to stand there and take it because we also can't punish that, that particular sense. student so that we don't get sued that's right so I stand there at the front of the class and I listen to an eight-year-old call me awful things and I just say that's wonderful and move on that sounds more oh like a Tourette situation <laughs> you should come and See, teach for us yeah I feel like that probably wouldn't happen at St. Anthony probably no probably. There are pro- yeah no. There we are probably fewer, fewer, obscen- yeah, fewer obscenities yelled. Right. Probably, yeah. I won't say none. But, like, they're but probably fewer. taken care of when that happens. Oh, yes. The, yes. The old yeah. school way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Back in the old days, they used to use the, uh, the ruler. But nowadays, they use the yardstick. In the old days, we'd use a ruler to deal with incorrigibles like you. Thanks for the history lesson, sis. These days, we use a yardstick. Yeah. I'll show you. I'll move 33 inches away. A yard's 36. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> yeah, you have more length, so you get better, like, yeah, you, resistance on you, it. It's yeah. three times the size. That's right. That's, that's right. some good math there. You sure did pass elementary school. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time. I probably, oh, my God, I probably finished elementary school before you were born, yes, now that I think did, about it. But don't talk about that. Okay. That's okay. I, I feel old, so I just, all of my just friends either us. are children or have children. Yeah. Yeah, just imagine us. Yeah. Yeah. But you're looking great for your age. Well, thank Mostly you. You're, one, you're all looking wonderful. <laughs> I still look 15, which is a, it my, it's my only blessing. Yeah, it's kind of good or bad, you know. I had a point when I was, like, 18 and everybody thought I was 22. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool, but I still can't get into bars. Yeah. And then when I was, like, 22, everybody thought I was 19. And you're not 21 yet, are you? Are you? No, 21? I'm. I'm 20. I'm almost 23. <sighs> I know. Kathy Anderson. We're gonna get beers after this. You should come and get beers. With <laughs> Good. Us. I come by later. We'll still have homework you. to do before I come back here at 7:30 tomorrow. <sighs> but I know. 
Yeah, but you're a college kid. You but can stay out to like three. I know you have like. I was I was on that wavelength, but I've been working like because I have to. I'm at school forty hours a week, but it costs me ten thousand dollars to go work a full time job right now. So I also work at Target. Uh, the one right by church, if you ever want to stop by. Oh, good. I, I, I don't go inside anymore. I only oh. go outside for the little car delivery thing. Oh, oh you're such a Oh, wuss. see, I do that sometimes. I hate it, but I do it yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody at your job hates that, it seems. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Like, it's nice that you're doing something, but it's also hot. Yeah. And then I kind of gaslit a kid once because, like, he was in the back of the car, and we were really busy, and I just threw all the bags in. He's like, that's my music teacher. And the parent was like, your music teacher doesn't work at Target. And then I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> it's fine. Because, <laughs> you know, as a parent, you're like, that's ridiculous. Uh, of course that doesn't make any sense. But you're yeah. like, it totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. I love what I do. Target. I'd like to do something else, but I love what I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's every ministry job. It's we love what we do. There's definitely a cross there. Yeah. And sometimes other people are nailing you to it. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to get paid. More. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, uh, you, wait, you get paid to do this? Okay, that was great. Now, this was one of the highlights of our life. Wow. Well, our podcasting lives, because yeah. we've already met this man once or twice before. But we were able to snag the brand new auxiliary bishop of the Diocese of Las Vegas, Auxiliary Bishop Gordon, Greg Gordon. Yeah, I think he no. says Auxiliary Bishop Greg, uh, Auxiliary Bishop of the Diocese of Las Vegas, Gregory Gordon. Yes, Father Monsignor Bishop Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to have as many stickers as you like. It's called Among Wolves. The idea is, you know, from Matthew's yes, Gospel, we are yes, yes. we are sheep among wolves. Is the idea? Oh my We're God. sent out into the world. And, and and you're 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 going throughout the whole uh, co- conference. Yeah, oh, we, yeah, we'll be here tomorrow, too. We're talking to interviewing with different conference attendees. Yeah, we, uh, we interviewed, well, we, we as in me and my wife, because Neil wasn't here yet because he was late. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, we spoke with Sister Pat about her workshop and stuff. Oh, and uh, Yeah. And we're talking about people, about their um, Catholic pet peeves, things that, uh, that bug you that people say about the Catholic, <laughs> the Catholic Church that it's not true. And so we, we talk about some of those. And, and uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. How was how uh, life as bishop? I haven't got a chance to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Sincere. I want to say congratulations. Congratulations, man. Do we want to record or no? We're all recording we're, right we're now. Recording. Oh, we never stop. Congratulations, Diocese of Las Vegas, that we have this beautiful Amen. Rise Conference. I think this is uh, uh, the uh, fruit of so, so many of our prayers that, that we were hoping after... No Diocesan Conference last year, that this would, would be a reality. And thanks to the leadership of Bishop Thomas, Connie Clough, all of you, uh, it it's, looks like it's going to be a, a blessed, blessed weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I really, really feel that the, the faith of everybody who's participating will be enriched. Hope, as we heard from mm, yes. Father Bob and, 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 and Bishop, will be inflamed and will go back to our parishes ready to serve better than before this conference. I felt really encouraged from Bishop Thomas's I talk. I did too. It was, you could tell like he was coming from a place of brokenness but hope. Well, you, you know, I, I think uh, it is beautiful when he gave the example of the, uh, the family who lost their five-year-old son but then gained two, two uh, new daughters and, uh, and how their, their the tears turned into a smile. I think that's the, the beauty of, as he said, the the, the, the laity, the faithful, yes. families, uh, sacrament of marriage, 
that, that just enriches all of it, the whole world, and, and gives hope. And it certainly did for him in his first uh, parish assignment. And I think he learned from that and is bring, bringing it to us. That's bring awesome. it to us here at the Diocese of Las Vegas. Yeah. It was beautiful. A great way to kick it off, too. It, 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 it sure is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... Like even just the end, I'm like, let's oh go goodness, out and do yeah. something. I, like, I don't even remember anything. Said, we else. got work to do. Let's. I don't do know it. what's going on. All I know is I gotta get doing it. <laughs> well, let, let, let's do it here in in this uh, these rooms of the Orleans Hotel today and tomorrow, and then let's do it in our, our parishes and our workplaces and our homes after that. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely, Bishop. You got you got to do one thing for us. What's that? Can you say this is Bishop? Greg, Gregory Gordon, or however, like, however you want to say it, and you're listening to Among Wolves. Can you? Sure. <laughs> so, so a little plug. Yeah. Yes. This, this is Auxiliary Bishop Gregory Gordon of the Diocese of Las Vegas, and you are listening to Among Wolves. <laughs> you really made our day there. You just made our day. That was great. <laughs> and, and, and I am with the sheep right here. That's, that's the, right. The, that's the fa- right. faithful sheep and shepherds. Join the fold, sur- people. Surrounding. Join uh, the fold. Out, outside, there may be some wolves, but I, I can definitely say here in this corridor, there aren't. We're, we're, all, we're all the sheep ready to follow the Savior. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. All right. Well, here's another interview. This is a real cool um, get as they say in the business. So um, this one was actually earlier in the day. This is uh, um, probably right when the conference was starting. Um, The problem was um, I had to uh, work and then, um, you know, then I had fatherly slash husbandy duties (laughs) and to avoid divorce. So basically he didn't plan ahead is what he's trying to say. Well, 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 I, yes. Well, hey, we're lucky I got to go on on Saturday. <laughs> <That's> so <true. laughs> you are correct. So um, in this, uh, we have a, a interview with who is it, David? Sister Pat McCormick. McCormack. Yes, yeah, Sister Pat McCormick. She comes up with all those spices that we <laughs> use in the uh, um, grocery stores the, from the grocery store. No, no, that's not that's her. Not, that's not her. No. Oh, okay. She Never wrote, some, she wrote some really good because, books. Um, <laughs> About evangelization. Oh, see, that's even better. Yeah. Cookbooks. So, oh, no, that's still not her. <laughs> no, All right, still never not mind. Her. Sorry, I, I missed this interview because I was gone, but I told David, you know who you need? Jeevy. Yep. She's just like me, but married to you. Yep. And it worked so, out well. It did. So, here, give this a listen. Okay, well, my name is Sister Patricia McCormack, although students said to me, can we just call you Sister Pat? So, I'm <laughs> Sister Pat McCormack. I'm an IHM sister. Now, that means I am a sister servant of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Okay. But people who don't know that, they can know us as the IHMs. I uh-huh. often say to them, IHM, some people think it means I hate men. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true. I actually love men. I just gave them up. <laughs> <laughs> for the greater so, good of the for kingdom. The, for <laughs> the greater good of the kingdom. So I'm an IHM sister from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, is our mainstay, Immaculata. And my full-time work is what has me out here now. My full-time work is called a parent-teacher support. Okay. And um, by that, I mean that I help parents and teachers know what other parents and teachers have said works well for children. Okay. In my research, I use parents whose children turned out to have great self-esteem and accomplishment. 
So everything's very positive. I'm just the mouthpiece who organizes the information and gives it out. So but, you see the patterns. So, and then, so that, I presented them the patterns mm-hmm. and then some practical examples, which they could use or not, but at least it helps a parent be in the ballpark of what other parents do. So it's right. very encouraging work. Everyone uh, leaves uplift. No, nobody leaves this session beat up. So my work now is to give that work to parents, also give the parent piece to teachers so they can give it out to parents and catechists. So it's now full-time work when it's not COVID. <laughs> I travel about six months of the year oh, wow. to, to, in, to institutes like this yeah. or to individual dioceses or, or parishes. And then the other six months, I live in a convent with six other sisters, and I have an office there. From that office, I write for publications. So we have some of the p- publications here for sale today. Oh, yes. So it's a full-time ministry. I love it. Now, I know you wrote, you wrote a book. Um, oh, the, cl- the title was really clever. Something about... Um, it was for catechists and evangelizing in, in catechists. The parking lot parent. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> I, remember th- I remember that book because you had a lot of... Uh, um, Really good practical advice, and it was all that methodology. It was, yeah, yeah. And it's all practical. None of it is pie in the sky. It's right. all practical. It's all the things that people are doing, tried and true. They're not these beautiful ideas I, I made up. They're <laughs> things that people are doing, put into a book. I love so, that. Well, the interesting with that, that has now become a trilogy. We oh, now have oh, three books out, parking lot parent books. The first was engaging the parking lot parent. How to get, and by that parking lot parent, I mean. Uh, parents who, for various reasons right. and, and very legitimate reasons, right, don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. passing on faith. They they they'd rather trust the school or the teacher who they think knows more. Right. We don't know more, but they no. think that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, by parking lot parent, I mean the parents who are more comfortable driving to school, picking up, off. dropping yep. off, but not in the program. So. The first book is how to engage those right. parents, how to get them, get them coming in, in and, and start to share with them some of the traditions of the church that maybe they've missed along the yeah. way. Or, in truth, the church church hasn't practiced some of these things for a long while. Right. But there are things that feed the soul. Then number two came along to uh, evangelize the parking lot parents. Okay. So that's all written on an adult level of, of ac- ac- activities, exercises, to do with adults that would help the adult perhaps have an experience of Jesus, okay. ha- have that touch of Jesus. Nice. And then the third book is very another very practical. Just came out. I haven't seen it yet, actually. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. here so for sale. I better have done the cover good. I didn't get my copy yet. Uh, and it's called uh, Empowering okay. the Parking Lot Parent. So, so move them from like the uh, initial proclamation piece to like an encounter with Jesus to sending out, like kind of like a missionary And how model. they can do it for their children. Yes, that's awesome. And that book is an eight and a half by 11, different size, okay. because it includes 27 handouts already prepared to just give to the parent nice. that will help the parent be able to have a family spirituality. I love that because that's what, one thing that I really find difficult in my own life, because we're both parents. Right. So I've, well, we're, we're married. Par- so. Parents are the, <laughs> yeah. the same well, children. Parents are the same <laughs> children, coincidentally. Yeah. And that's one thing that I find really difficult as, as a parent and uh, uh, someone who educates in the faith. Because I'm a youth minister and I teach adults, I teach teens and all that stuff. But sometimes some of the most difficult conversations I have is like being able to come over the boundary of, of talking with my own kids. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know what it is. I, it's probably just, you know, the devil trying to tell me that I'm not good enough to do it. But, or that I'm too sinful or that he sees all the broken pieces of me or whatever. But I find that so challenging for myself. And, and resources like that, like, 
I feel like I need those sometimes. Is just being able to being able to comfortably share my faith with my with my eight year old. You know. Well, these things become a springboard. Yeah. That you can jump off to share your faith, and if I can say, more people express what you just expressed. More people express that to me than you can imagine. Yeah. But I have also noticed throughout my lifetime, psychologists who are great therapists, mm. but not with their own child. Right. 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 So, so I think it's probably easier for us to to be what we are when we're outside the home, I guess. I don't know what that's all about, but it's typical. It's the St. Monica thing, right? St. <laughs> Monica and St. Augustine. You're like, St. Monica's like, well, maybe let's pray for somebody to intervene in his life. And then St. Ambrose comes along. You right. know, that's, I, I, that's kind of sometimes where I'm like, all right, I don't know if anything that I'm, that I'm doing is, is good Coming or if it's sticking or, or, yeah. or if, at, like, God forbid, if I'm, if I'm pushing my kids away from the faith with, with how, you know, like... Because I, I can't imagine what it's like for my kids to be like, oh, my dad works at church, and so whenever I show up there, I better be on my best behavior type thing because, I'm, you know, that's how, how intimidating is that for an 8-year-old? Exactly. We just don't want to create any extra right. pressure for them. And no. so I pray for those and people. And we want to balance because right. it would be easy to get overbound for church. Well, that won't work. It has to be both end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a constant constant process we're all in process all of us no matter what our vocation yeah. we're all in process trying to balance it all out that's that's a I, I, that seems to be a key word that i'm hearing so far in the beginning of this conference is um because uh, father um father joseph had mentioned uh, in us in process as well mm-hmm. and you're talking about us as in process as well and i think that that's kind of like one of those things that like we're, we're talking about rise and we're talking about like um going forward and move and doing something like this uh, i think uh, one of the misconceptions we have when it comes to catechesis or evangelization is that somehow we have to have it all together in order to do it but i think you're right in this idea of like no this we are also being evangelized you know we are also in process of moving into moving towards the kingdom in, in greater lesser degree depending on where we're at and that's okay like i love the analogy you have about um the uh, uh, the road to Emmaus because I use it all the time. <laughs> no, don't mean to steal from you, but I do. That's quite right. That's quite <laughs> but I that, stole from him. <laughs> but that analogy of like they're walking on the road to Emmaus and what they're what are they sharing? They're not like uh, Jesus is walking with them and listening to them share their brokenness and all all this other stuff, and he's willing to walk away from the direction where they like from away from Jerusalem, not. You know, and, and just accompanying them in that and sharing the bread there, and it's and it's and it was okay, and that's that because that's where they were and all that stuff. And so. Well, I think I've also noticed through life. I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> I think I've noticed from life that we identify most with people when they are sharing from their brokenness or their questions. Mm. When we come through as the person who has all the answers, who, who wants to cuddle up to that? I know. <laughs> it's a put off. Yeah. So I think. And that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Speak in the middle of our brokenness. Yeah. You know, I don't understand that. Can you tell me more about that? Or, yeah. you know? but I think there's something about being vulnerable real, that to makes be real. us so open. Yes. You know, and then that embraces everything that we can all be broken and grow from that experience or relationship together. So, and I'm struck with your thought about that. You heard the word process in two different places now. A spiritual a spiritual director that I had a number of years ago used to use the expression that the spirit speaks in one voice. Yes, meaning. When the time is right for you to get a message, it comes from all sorts of places. The same message seems to pop up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've experienced that in my life many times. Usually around, you need to go to reconciliation. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yes, very loudly. (laughs) And so tell us a little about the the workshop that you're doing today at the conference. Well, today I was asked to speak on the topic of be the I 
in evangelize. So if you spell that word out, there's an I in it. And my point is, don't wait for somebody else to do it. You're the I. Be the I. Yes. Step up to the plate. Use the gifts you've been given. Trust yourself. Trust God that God knows what he's doing using you. So under that umbrella, I talked about those three books. I gave them the ideas okay. from those three books. So under the umbrella, we had three sessions today. One for engaging the parking lot parent. The second for uh, evangelizing. And then empowering. Wow. Um, so um, so the, that's what I was able to do in the session today. And then we conclude it uh, with... Uh, a mini retreat, so to speak, where based on uh, John, uh, John Paul II uh-huh. and Francis, they speak about a catechist, to be an effective catechist. They say there are three qualities that need to be operational. And don't wait till they're done. I mean, they're operational while you're, while right, you're working. Right, we're in process. Uh, being an animated witness, being an educator, meaning a person who can be a mentor, You've walked through life, you've seen the ups and downs, so now you can mentor because it's real. Mm-hmm. And only then can you be third, the teacher. Only then will they listen to you. Right. So I made a retreat based on that, and that's in the first book. You can actually get that retreat and use it for somebody. And throughout the retreat, for each of those three, we talk about what it means, but then we see Pope Francis as an example okay. of that characteristic. And then we end with a question of, what about you? What what could you do differently that makes you more the witness or whatever? So um, we end it with a, a, a mini retreat. So kind of very empowering them as well. Yes, the, I, hope, I, hope, I, I hope. I like it. Yes, like, I I'm hope. encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even gone to the workshop yet. <laughs> well, I can, I'll tell you, funny on this, this is the Holy Spirit working because um, that little mini retreat was my intention to do as my first session. And then I was going to end up those other three things for the two. Okay. Things got all fouled up in the techno- technology in there. They had to get me a new machine. The whole, oh, everything. All, yeah, everything did. In the middle of the presentation, everything went wrong. Everything that could have gone wrong, the tech went wrong. And as a result, without me knowing it, the tech changed my slides and had me speaking the ending slides, which meant the retreat became the last thing. And now I say... That was the Holy Spirit. Yep. Oh, that's perfect amazing. to end right. with the retreat. So tomorrow we're intentionally going to end with the retreat. <laughs> there you go. That's direct yeah. interference. So the Holy Spirit does things, you know. Yeah. If you just, just go, go with the flow and yep. make the best of all those pieces. Yeah, awesome. Well, I won't take up too much more of your time, sister, because uh, I'm sure you're tired. That was a long. You had a. It was the four hours or something yes, like that. Yes, but right? it helps. I'm an extrovert. Oh, there. Oh, yeah. So you're energized. So now it's time to yeah. go out to, to mingle and go talk to some people. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing, and um, thank you for your ministry. Thanks for coming out to Las Vegas and My privilege. Uh, and being being with us because uh, we, I mean we. We really need this as a diocese, just this, this, this type of encouragement and, and people to, to say, like, you can go out and do this. And, and a lot of times we don't feel like we can. And, so. yeah. and to, uh, uh, one point on that, yeah. the latest directory, catechetical directory, yes. introduced a new term for us, casual catechesis. And I think one, one, one explanation for me for that is don't wait until I had this perfect package casually whatever i can do today do today it's in it's in the casual exchange that we get fed not necessarily this wonderful program we created right right but in the casual yeah Yeah, sometimes i feel so jaded on these programs i'm like it's it's a program it's in a package i'm like oh this but i like this idea of casual like it's 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 um 
more natural and happening in life and type deal versus like it has to be inside here and perfect and I got to follow all the things that are here. It's it's more of that accompaniment and, and walking beside. I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, but last thing if, if if I can if I can plug your ear on this one is. Uh, Pope Francis mode proprio on the catechesis or the cat the role of the catechist. Yes, I, yes. I, so, I found that really interesting that of that becoming a, a like an official kind of position or whatever. And and I'm really curious to. I'm not in the know of any of this kind of stuff or or like what that might look like down the road. Or have you th- have you thought about that at all? Or? Uh, I am thinking about it because I've been asked to speak on it in January. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> so I had to get the mode appropriate <laughs> and read the mode appropriate <laughs> and start getting my own thoughts about the mode yeah. uh, But basically what I understand from it, what's exciting is that we're using the word vocation. We're not just saying this is a, yes. a nice deed you do. Mm-hmm. We're calling a vocation. Married life is a vocation. Religious life is a vocation. Catechist is a vocation. Right. A call from God for God to raising it to the level it ought to be. Right. But what the mode proprio is going to stir up is how do you make that real then? Right. Does it mean now will we do something for education? Will we yeah. have programs? Right. That's uh, my question. We're trying to see where like, will we put our money? It's one thing to say something. Are you going to put your money behind it mm-hmm. to make that happen? I'd how love do we to take see care that. of the spiritual development of the person? So it's opening up a whole new area uh, for administrators to right. f- figure out how to service. Because right now we have some, we have wonderful catechists. Most are volunteers. Right. Most themselves haven't had higher education. Right. Right. Uh, most themselves don't know all the ins and the outs of the catechists or whatever. What are we going to do to raise that level? Yeah. Because if the vocation... They deserve to be supported and prepared. Yes, I so, agree. Yeah. New things, I have no idea what they'll really do with it. Right. I'm now meditating on what practical ideas I can suggest, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll that see. is an exciting thing. I saw it on there. And uh, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to meet Bishop Thomas yet. Have you got No, I didn't. I saw Bishop Gregory, but I didn't see Bishop Thomas. So Bishop Thomas was relatively new. 2018 was whenever he was installed in the diocese. And one of the first things that he did was start up like a formal catechist type uh, um, training that's that's kind of directed and guided by the by the diocese. And I was like, well, that's great. And then this motor propro came out, and I'm like, oh, some foresight there. That's uh, and we're starting to see like better um, better education and support for our catechists because our catechists not only not only is it something that our catechists need, it's they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, like more often than not, whenever I teach, because sometimes I'll teach some of those classes, they'll. they'll um, They'll say, I've been looking for something like this. I want more of this because they want to know. And I just feel like it's it's been closed for so long in our diocese and no, probably no fault of anybody's own. It's just something that happened. I think that's one of our big spiritual battles is community and, and the closing of like, I feel like I can't do that, you know, type things. And, and so, but now that it's like that Bishop Thomas is purposely unfolding that in our diocese, things are changing, things are happening. It's really interesting to see. My own dream for that, if I had the power to do it, would be to create retreat programs where catechists go away for a week. Mm. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Live as though they were nuns in training or priests in training, where they are immersed in different kinds of prayer during that time. Yes, looking at documents. Less, yes, knowing the catechism. Knowing some, the work to actually do it, but to help their spiritual life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let them go deeper in spirituality and... Uh, so that's what I would dream. I, I would dream a, a, a big, a big wonderful, <laughs> a big wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Any last words of encouragement you want to say to, to anybody out there listening? Well, encouragement, my, one of my favorite lines of scripture is say only the good things that people need to hear, things that will help them. If we did that, leave the native alone, just say the positive. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, sister. Thank you, you are so very much. welcome. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> You're very welcome. So, we had a great lunch. And while we're eating lunch, we're talking to our good buddy who was um, worked with us many times. And he happens to be on the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. And he had um, a few questions that he wanted to talk about. So David and I were talking with him for about three or four minutes. And then we were like, wait a second. Well, actually, it was David. It was like, no, no, no. Wait, Stop talking. Get the, sit down. Get the mics on. <laughs> I was like, this is good stuff. Sit down. <laughs> David is a great producer. So he's just like, he's spinning gold, podcasting gold. Mm-hmm. So listen to our uh, uh, great discussion, the lunchtime discussion. With anonymous police officer. All right. So we were talking about um, Catholic pet peeves, but this is far more interesting. Go go, give the scenario to our listeners again. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> do I introduce myself? Yeah, you introduce that? yourself. Oh, Tell us who you are. Yeah. Um, if you want people to know who you are, if you want, or, or we can bleep that out too. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm instead of saying that, uh, I'm. You can be vague. A, I'm a police officer um, in Las Vegas. Um, been one for four or five years ish, three, four, five, something like that. Lost count. Uh, so the dilemma that I had um, was more of like a moral dilemma. I'm trying to, when I come home every night depending on what situation um, that I encounter that day at work. Um, a lot of times requires um, unchristlike behavior. There you go, right. <laughs> there you go, unchristlike behavior. I guess in, in order to kind of make sure that things are more peaceful, things are going more safely uh, for the people involved, the victims or, or whoever I'm dealing with at the time. So there's a lot of situations, I guess to kind of get straight to it, is where I'm in the middle of a situation and it either gets physical, it might get more, uh, it might get more aggressive verbally, uh, and a lot of times my intent might be to, <clears throat> not necessarily the intent, but it might deem it necessary to cause harm to somebody else in order to create more peace for other people right. surrounding the situation. So then I'll get home and I'm thinking to myself, did I say the right thing? Because I said it very aggressively. Um, I said it in a very unchristlike manner. Uh, I'm in situations, unfortunately, where I might have a firearm in my hands um, in order to keep other people safe um, with the intent to do things that I may not want to do but may have to do. Um, So I get home every night and I'm like, was... I feel and I believe that everything I did was right. I do. Um, and I'm ready to do what I need to do to keep my oath and, and keep people safe, uh, 1,000%. But I do go home at night, and before I go to bed, I'm like, "Did I? is, is, is Jesus mad at me for what I did? Uh, and how much am I culpable for? What, right. what, what here is, is, yes. is sinful and what here is yeah. is called for and justified in the in the scenario correct because i'll be in the scenario and when i'm in the scenario it's it's and i guess you can probably ask any police officer 
I'm all in. Yeah. And and unfortunately, I'm in a, I'm in a mentality where at the end of the day, I'm gonna go home to see my family yeah. at all costs. <laughs> and I'm trying to do it as safely as possible. I don't want to hurt anybody. Those that's not the goal. That's not the intent. At the same time, if the situation warrants it, it's it's gonna happen. And and a lot of times, I guess adrenaline will take over, and I don't know. I, I just have that dilemma when yeah. I get home at night, you know. So. Go so, ahead, Neil. You're jumping in. I know. I so I've been. No, you're good. I've been jumping in I've before been waiting, we started recording. No, I've been waiting to say. And then, that. and then I'll just give spat out opinions, and then you'll be like, "Well, <laughs> actually." <laughs> I'm the YouTube comment section. <laughs> oh goodness! What if we were on YouTube? That'd be terrible. Oh, I love it. No, but it, I think it also depends on the things like when you were saying on how you used. Um, aggressive language and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's your intent too, because if you're sometimes when you're dealing with unsavory people, you gotta say, "Hey, mf'er, listen to me," and right. it's or something in a shocking way to get their attention or to let them know that you're serious. Mm-hmm. But I think if the the problem is this guy made me so mad, I just said that, even though he didn't warrant it maybe that would be more of a thing that you'd feel more guilty on because that's you letting go you know you letting go of something that you could control Mm -hmm. rather than being like i know i need to talk this way to these people right you don't need to say that to the jaywalker or the old lady who stole who stole the uh (laughs) paradigm like freeze emma You know, the hair dye or something. I've only done that three times last week. So. Well, no. last week? <laughs> no, but playing. I mean, there's there's guys, there's bad dudes out there, and sometimes you just got to talk like that to let them know, A, you're serious, or, you know, spark, you know, get their attention. And sometimes you got to beat up on somebody because the problem, too, is sometimes if you're easy on them, they're just going to come back and get you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because I've seen that with, you know, you know, because it's a hot subject now yeah. where it's like, oh, look, this, this person, you know, they didn't have to do this or they didn't have to do that. And then there's times where they don't. And then you watch the guy they were apprehending get loose, go into a car, grab a gun and start shooting. Right. So maybe if you did take him down, it's safe. Like you said, it's important for you and your health and you're going back to the family because... You know, you have to go that extra step sometimes because you don't know what they're going to do. Right. Now, there's a difference. If you got him all cuffed up and he's on the oh, floor, right. no. and then you start kicking, <laughs> kicking in the ribs and be yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, that's not And then it's no, like, that's, oh, that's he, not he totally resisted, no, I swear. No, yeah. Those are the things I would say you need to feel guilty about. But 100%. I mean, if yeah. there's, and I don't know, because like you're saying, your intent is to stop someone who's doing mm-hmm. something bad, stop people from getting hurt. And your safety and your family's well-being. Sometimes you got to do things you're not supposed to do. Right. That's actually where, where a lot of the morality is going to lie. So, it, like, morality, when we're talking about it like this, you want to break it to the fundamentals of, of morality in itself, right? So breaking it to the fundamental parts of the action, right? Right. So the act in and of itself is is the act a good or, or a bad action objectively, right? Right. We're talking about, let's say, let's say for example physically harming another person. That's an objectively bad thing to do. We don't want that's we don't Correct. want that to happen, right? The intent behind it, this is a lot that's going to matter for your morality, like for your own uh, spiritual life is what's your intent? Is your intent to immobilize this person so they can't hurt somebody or to prevent them from hurting you or all these things or is it your your um, or is your intention be like I really don't like people like that and I want them to feel pain or this know? guy 
Right. Like, right. it's my intent. I really want to put this dude in a chokehold. Yeah. Right. Or is it, I need to put this guy in a chokehold to protect to ABC. Right. right. Which right. we don't so, do, but I get it. I'm from the 80s, no, you know? There are a lot more chokeholds. Right? And then thirdly, it, it just, does the circumstance warrant it? You know, what right. are the particular circumstances? And when you're talking about the, the language piece and all that, you, yeah, like, Neil's correct. Like, you, you are in a circumstance where you ha- you may have to say something extraordinarily shocking and aggressive in mm-hmm. order to, to take charge of the situation. Right. That's what you're doing. That's, I think, what that's actually what they train you to do, if I'm not mistaken. Is it to, uh, uh, to be presence. direct? Yeah. Their officer presence. presence. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know the, the proper language. Correct. Officer presence. Make okay. it officer presence. Yeah, yeah. 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 In, in, a, in the most professional way, but whatever the situation warrants. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's assertive, it's direct, mm-hmm. and it's it, there's no question about what he's asking you to do. That's, right. that's yeah. from my understanding, yes. what, what's, what's going on. And so, um, officer presence. That's that there it doesn't so it doesn't make this action like in and of itself good that's why you feel bad right Right. because there's parts of this action that are uh, objectively not good right in order for an uh, an act to be considered morally like like morally good all three of those pieces the act itself the intention behind and the circumstances all have to be good it's almost like we taught a class about that (laughs) and in your situation uh, the only good piece is the intention, and that's what you're struggling with, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: so, uh, just because an action in and of itself is not um, solidly good, that doesn't automatically incur culpability, right? And right. We, this this is what we're talking about here, because your circumstance might be such that these actions may be required in such a way, which makes your culpability lessen. Which would not make this an okay. That doesn't mean there's no sin here, but it may say that there's morally p- permissible, depending mm-hmm. on your particular conscience. That's where you, and it sounds like you're doing the right thing. You're having your own examination of conscience at night. Mm-hmm. That's what that. That's literally what you're talking about, Lord. Wh- what did I do here? Where is, uh, where have I failed in this? Mm-hmm. And where did I do what's right? You know, at the end result, you can say, I know I did what's right. That's what that was. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. I did what's right. Right. But where were the parts that um, I, I, I could have done it more Christ-like, you know, mm-hmm. even though, because, um, you know, Christ did make a whip out of things and chase people, you know, like, that's aggressive. <laughs> I like, read that the other night, too. It was funny. That's, oh, I mean, yeah. that's good. <laughs> he was well, mad. He or, was, he was, not only was he mad, he drove people out of the temple yeah, area. That's what he did. You yeah. know? That doesn't mean, like, Jesus standing there with a whip and saying, get out of here, guys. He's yeah. like, no, he's, <laughs> he's getting people out, like, aggressively right. moving people out of a place that they should not have been, right? right. And doing things that they should not have been doing. And so, um, so whenever you're, whenever you're doing your examination, you're then going through the mo- the movements of the um, uh, uh, of uh, mortal sin, right? You're like, yes. okay, is was this a serious matter? You know, um, did I know what I was doing, and could I think of something that was that would be better to have done? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I chose not to do that thing. That right. that would <laughs> itself make it mortal, morally sinful, which you'd go to confession for. But because the action of itself that you knew was. Um, was morally permissible, but it bothers your conscience. Take that to confession, and that's that's. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or a bad cop because because you have recognized that. You could just be lamenting the fact that sin exists, 
yeah. and you had to participate in a minor way. Yes. That's like, uh, that's, um, it, you would, it, if you want to use the fancy, the terms that he should have been, should use them through the thing, <laughs> you're talking about the, um, your proximate material cooperation oh, with evil. Right. Yeah. That's that's the actual language here yes. that that you're participating in. Mm-hmm. That's the fancy theological language mm-hmm. that you're participating in. But that doesn't autom- that doesn't make you culpable as like you're you're exempt from communion. But it might be a good thing to confess. It's there's nothing wrong with confessing those things that you are materially cooperating with because you have no other option to in that scenario. Right. And getting good counsel and, and, mm-hmm. and drawing in from there. But go ahead. Which is funny because without going into too much detail, I actually did confess this like in June or July. And and I, I brought something like that along the lines up to, to the father, to the priest, and I remember Leaving, I can't remember the last time I felt. I mean, I oh, felt Jesus' presence a million times, right? But I remember leaving. And I remember the priest saying at the end of my confession, he says that was probably one of the best confessions I've heard. Which maybe says it to everybody. I don't know, make everyone feel good, right? <laughs> but it worked on me because I left crying. Yeah. Um, and I remember saying, "Hey, I I am sorry because sometimes or a lot of times when I leave work and in whatever scenario situation I experienced that day, I leave mad, upset, and bitter." Because of what you do? Uh, no, no, no. I love what I do. Yeah. I love no, what I do. Or maybe right. what you did? Uh, not even necessarily what I did, but I, I, I guess I struggle with being, I think you said it, being upset that the sin is there. Yeah. And that to some degree, I had to... You had to cooperate with actively it. Actively cooperate with it in order for this person... This person speaks this language, right. and it's a sinful language, and in order for this person to understand how serious I am, I need to kind of speak their language right. too. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that it's makes... just law theory. It's right. or just I'm um, just war theory. It's the same concept. We yeah. lament that it exists, yeah. but sometimes you have to engage with it. And it sucks. Yeah. No, I can't even really? tell you. It's hard because I love what I do. I wake up every day proud, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do this and get these guys. And I, I, mean, I get stoked. I get excited. And the training that we get is awesome to de-escalate. That's our yeah. old number one goal. The goal is to not hurt her and anything like that. Um, but with that said, I get home at the end of the night, and I kind of think about what happened, and I get upset. And I'm like, did I do everything right not according to policy, because I know I did it according to my policy, right. according to the law, and right. I didn't escalate the situation. I know I did that right. Otherwise, I'd be in a different place. Yeah. According to Jesus, did I do it right? Right. And that's where I sometimes struggle with, you know, and I go to bed, and, or if I lose sleep, and I'm like, uh, hey, God, did I do it right this time, or should I have not said the F word as many times as I said it today? <laughs> like, legit, right? right? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just being as real as possible. I like, well, I like this. This shows a lot of your character, the character of you. Right, because it's, it's, it's your being your faithful. your character, yeah. Right. Because it's called integrity. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, integrity. <laughs> is that what it is, yeah, oh, man? I know, no, I know you no. don't see it often. But think about this. Like, look at it this way. How many times have you had to do something like that? And would you have done it if you could have said, all right, hey, hey. Come on, guys. Oh, no, right? Settle down. <laughs> Let's all go home. And then they go, right. yeah, yeah, you're right, buddy. You're right, officer. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and, 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 and then... Let me put down the shake. <laughs> you know, if, if that's the case, because I know tapas. there are people out there, oh, and man. there are police officers out there, who they're like, no, I'm going to crack some skulls. Right. Right. And right. they're doing bad things. Mm-hmm. 
So they deserve it. And they right. think that that's a license to let them do yeah, bad things, right. but which I don't you, agree if with. If you don't right. like that, if you would feel, you know, that's what I'm saying. So if they sit there and say, I'm going to crack schools anyway, because look at them. They're doing bad things. But if you could just be like, hey, settle down, sit down, come here with me into this paddy wagon yeah. and work up. Because <laughs> I know that's your character and that's yeah. what you would do. Right. So the fact is, if you are cracking skulls, it's because skulls needed to be cracked. It, war- or, it warranted it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Be like, I totally trust your judgment on this. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. we're talking about Christ-like things where you're saying, <laughs> acting not Christ-like. How many skulls I, did Jesus crack driving, well, driving oh, those people out of the temple? Because here's what I'm thinking of, too. Because, like, wasn't it, like, the first century Jews... We're hoping that the Messiah would be a warrior, skull crack at Jesus, uh-huh. and he comes in and <laughs> has to lay down the law. <laughs> but isn't that what everyone expected? That's, That's what everyone what they, expected. And then you get some poor man that was born in a manger, and they're like, "No." Riding and you know what he does? He sits there and says, "Hey, dude, you're cool." Hey sinners, you could do better. And they're like, no, we wanted the guy to go all all ape crap on on the Romans and get That's us right. out of here. But he kind of did, if you metaphorically think about it. Oh no, he absolutely did. cracked skulls. But they wanted literal with his words. With right. his words. He, yeah. Oh yeah. The way oh, he, my he goodness. said the way he, the things he said the Sadducees and the Pharisees, he cracked their skulls. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. But right, they didn't right. want him to crack their skulls. <laughs> they wanted <laughs> right. to go to the Romans. But even and say, Ro- get he did it to Rome too. Because, because, right. Well, you're right. He did it to Rome too because if you think about it, though, Rome's Rome whenever they conquered an area. They would have these heralds, these evangelists that would go into that area and say, I come to you preaching the good news because you have just been conquered and taken over by um, by the Caesar who is the son of God and all, all this stuff. And then Jesus comes using that exact language for himself. Right. right. I come preaching the good news that the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Rome. Right. But the kingdom of God has come into your presence. He's he's actively throwing down Rome if you if we understand the context of the whole thing. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. So he is doing those those He's kinds of things. Quote too. unquote cracking skulls. I oh guess yeah, 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 yes. Oh yeah. yeah. In, a, in a different way. Yeah. Just so the Romans were just like, he's just some guy. He's no threat to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he had to go in and wreck shop. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the right thing and I, I you and I talked a lot, David. Yeah. And I have a, a this is my problem. I I don't. I never second get myself on scene. Like God forbid right. something happened right now. You can't. I'd be the first to react right. to it. You have to. Yeah. This is in my nature, right? Let me just tell but you. Go if home, something happens, I'm glad I'm not in there. I'm just gonna react to it. End the story, right? Yeah. Um, but then I go home and I. You, you, you've called me out on this. I question myself and I'm like, my goodness, what am I doing with my life? Or was that the right thing? Or, or right. and I. And, and I'm then, glad I do it at home in the in the safety of my own bed, and you know I'm examining my conscience. So I guess my question is, do I continue doing that? Yes. Is that okay? That's that's perfectly okay. okay. That's wrestling with the reality of yourself. I, suck. I hate wrestling with myself. I, suck. <laughs> yeah, I know because he's equal to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's he knows, oh, man. If you can't see it, I just fist pumped Neo because he just cracked my skull on that call. <laughs> he knows all your moves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I've never thought about it like that. That's that's, that's wrestling. That's, that's why that you're, you know, faith. That's what that's the word Israel means to struggle. He struggles with God. That's why Jacob's name was changed to Israel. He struggled with God. With what should I do? Am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. And we should constantly. And too many. See, here's here's the problem. There's too many Catholics just assume, oh, I did everything just fine. And there's nothing you could say that, that tell me that I did it differently. I'm teaching this exactly the way it's supposed to be taught. No, I'm doing, exactly. I'm, I'm living my life exactly the way that God wants me to live my exactly. life. Exactly. And nobody's is self-examining and wrestling in, in reality with themselves and their own sin. Right? So if I stop wrestling with myself, I'm doing something wrong. 
If probably. you stop wrestling with yourself, you're probably doing something wrong. Okay. Especially if you're still beating on people. <laughs> yeah. Be like, nah, this is totally it. No, yeah, no, yeah. Like, no. if you're retired and just Call taking me the Saint case Michael, soccer, <laughs> the Archangel, and I am here to uh, yeah, no. avenge. If you're just living, if you're just doing an easy thing and nothing, and then you're wrestling this hard, well, oh, man. you got some deeper issues. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you're going out there and and doing unchristlike things, but for a Christ-like ma- manner or intent, intent, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, the intent, the yeah, because yeah. you know what, Jesus didn't want people getting robbed. The, the problem, <laughs> that's <laughs> no, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It right. becomes formal cooperation with evil, which would be illegitimate and gravely sinful once that intent changes for you. Mm. Can you clarify something? I, I, yeah. I can't remember where, where. It was in one of the letters in the Bible. Okay. Um, is it the all for all where it says, I became, I became Jew a, to be to relate to the Jews. I became right. something. To, do you know so what I'm became, talking about? I became uh, the man for all men. So that's yes. the same person over the... Yes. Correct. So in in my in the way that I translate it in my low IQ... Um, not low, low word. Um, I translated like I became, for lack of a better phrase, I became ghetto to speak to the ghetto. I yeah, became intelligent right. to speak to intelligent. I became it's whatever. Pentecost. Is, is that? Oh, it might teach tongues of fire. Am I taking that literally, or is there a different meaning behind that? Or so no, I guess I'll be relating being it to all my things situation. to all men is is the, is the scenario, right? So you gotta so, adapt, right? That's that's what, what it's telling me, right? Literally, yeah. That's okay. that's what we're doing. That's Pentecost, and that's what kind of the reference is here is is being able to speak the language of the people that you're with that I'm dealing with and or with and calling yes. from and calling away from something to something else because that's Correct. what you're doing. You're calling for conversion. You're just doing it more aggressively than I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I maybe you. I should be doing it more aggressively. Oh, no, I no, don't no, know. no, no. Maybe I need to be more calm. She, she, wow. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, I wanted to make sure because I, I remember that verse, yeah. you know, and I take it with me to work. And I, I know, I mean, I got a whole other life outside of work, but I take it with me to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at. Yeah. And this is the language that this person speaks. This is the mentality they have. So I need to be in that so that they can hear me. They, so they can and hear I want to make sure that I'm translating that in the correct way and doing it the right way. Yeah. And I examine that every night. Like, did I do this the right way according to what I believe in my Bible? Right. And, 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 did he hear and understand that I was calling him to something greater? Yeah. Per the way that I was instructed to right. from right, what I've taught in the Bible. I'm, like you're yeah. saying, you, the guy who's literally hurting somebody, yeah. you have to treat different than the guy jaywalking. Right. Yeah, or just right. somebody who looks a little suspicious and you can't go up to him and start putting him in a chat headlock because he could just be a suspicious looking guy who's actually a good citizen. Right. But what's, you got to... You know, I'm not doing any headlocks. I'm not doing... Why does that guy got his hat down oh, yeah. so low? Why is he wearing a trench coat in the middle of July and crossing the world? Maybe he's cold. <laughs> why does he got his hat down? Maybe he's ugly. <laughs> there is always something going on. You have to look closer. All right? What about this guy? Mr. Treacher? Yeah, why has he got that big coat on? Can't be cold. Why the extra layer? Maybe he's trying to hide something. Mr. Treacher? Okay, what about this guy? Ask yourself, why has he got his hat pulled down like that? He's ugly. Or he doesn't want you to see his face because he's ugly. But I mean, you don't talk to your captain the same way you do those guys. Oh my goodness, no, I don't. But I mean, you know what I mean? And, And even in your, in your, personal life right. or something when you meet like someone's mom you're usually right. a lot nicer yeah. than if you're talking to your boy 100 percent 100 you're talking trash to your boys and <laughs> calling them terrible things because that's the way you talk but you wouldn't say that in front of your grandma true 
My grandma would say it to me, but I wouldn't say it to my grandma. That's different. Yeah. That's, how, that's, that's between you and your yeah. grandma. My grandma would never yeah. say that to me. Because she's a saint. But... Yeah. That's but awesome, yeah. dude. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm wrestling with it. And, glad- it's, and it's, a, it's a routine every day. That's good. It's That's, like my routine. It's called an examen. Like, I used to um, do it twice a day because I couldn't remember my whole day. Yeah. But that's what you're doing is you're going through your day and you're recognizing where were those opportunities where I had to uh, cooperate with sin in a way that I didn't want to, but I was kind of in the situation where I really had to. Really quick, can you... What do you mean by co-op? I, I know what you're saying with cooperating okay. sin, and I, I'm not taking it out of context or right. in the wrong context, but to, like to to hear it, I'm like, oh, I'm partaking in sin. I know it sounds it, it sounds, sounds terrible, right. Yeah. right? Yeah, I know it's not terrible. I know what right. you mean, but can you go ahead and sure? So when we're talking about cooperation with sin, right? We're talking about like uh, what degree of um, proximity and necessity do you have when it comes to a an action that's objectively sinful. Like right. so, let's let's say for example, um, the we, we we use the example of um, the uh, hurting somebody, right? We, mm-hmm. Using some hurting somebody to, uh, but your intention is to protect others in circumstances of law enforcement, right? Sure. So this action, because uh, of those three parts of the action, the act, the intent, and the circumstance, only the intent is morally like laudable. You're like this right. is a good intent. So the action in itself would be considered a bad action, right? Correct. So that's I'm, I'm using uh, bad and um, sinful a little interchangeably here, even though you might not be culpable for the sin. Because the word sin means to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. And you are you live in a world where it's all missing the mark, right? Yeah. That's, that's the reason why we have a police force. That's why you gotta go to the range. Yeah. Somebody, yeah, right. Don't miss the mark. Somebody who, who doesn't miss the mark when everyone else is missing the mark. That's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're looking for. Uh, and so when we're talking about cooperation, now, now when entering into that, you are cooperating with this particular action, mm-hmm. but you're doing so in a way that's, um, that is morally permissible, right? And so when you break that down, you're breaking it down to your, uh, again, we're focusing in on your intention. Is your intention to harm this person because you like harming persons right. or protect other people? If it was to harm this person for the intention of harming, harming these, uh, for the intent of harming people, that would be called formal cooperation with evil. Then you're just right. doing evil. Right. right. That's correct. Okay. That's I what that you. is. Right. But if if it's uh, if you're not formally, but you're materially because you're actually doing the action. Right. Mm-hmm. You're actually doing the like putting that hand behind his back and it hurts or whatever. But I gotta hold him still because he's fighting me or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. That's that's the actual action. You're you're materially using the matter of the action to actually do it yeah. without the formal intent of wanting to, like, harm this person, right? Right. But you're Correct. causing the harm, right? Correct. And then um, the the proximity is that uh, you are near it because you're the guy doing it. Sure. You know? And then um, you are uh, you are the one that's necessary. Yeah, you're the one that's performing. So that's what I mean by uh, cooperating with the evil, right? It's, um, it's cooperating with this action that I have to do or else mm. people could get hurt. Yeah. But... Whenever we enter into those actions, we need to co- we need to cooperate with them in a Catholic way because there's no there's no right. way out of this particular scenario. One hundred percent. Yeah, and that's that's what I know. It sounds it, it makes it, it no. Says, I yeah, it don't make you feel guilty. I'm, I'm going to go and cooperate <laughs> with a lot of sin later. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's 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 what we're doing. If we're going into the world and and bringing the the gospel and the theology and all this stuff and wrestling with it in culture and things. So that's what we do. Good time. Just funny because then they call us. They send sending lions in the in the jungle. Sending lions in the 
Or that's how I like. That's, that's my that's, mentality. That's like, old. I have to be like those, the the lion that goes. Yeah, out the problem with lions is they spend most of their time sleeping. But when there's that one moment for action, yeah, oh yeah. man, we're ready. We're sprinting. But that's the other thing too. That's funny with the lion. It's like you know why lions can lay around the jungle and lay down and sleep because nobody asks with the yeah, lions. Nobody messes with the lions. <laughs> yeah. Side note: there was a. a, a What's that channel? Like a Discovery Channel. Yeah. Short story. Um, they were showing like a, like a dead animal and everyone, like all the animals feeding on it, like a, like an right. elephant carcass or something like that. And there was one carcass, all the alligators were there. And you know how they kind of come together, right? And then one lion from afar roars and starts approaching, and every animal that was there Split. splits. And the lion's all by himself eating. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> talk about established dominance. No Just be like, oh, yeah. You got a whole pack of hyenas and wolves and anything. You see one lion come solo and they're gone. See, and cops have that too. You know what the sound is? Instead <laughs> of a roar. <laughs> no, no, not even. <laughs> I was going to say, the main, the one that makes sure everybody does is the. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Who is it that. If it, get, if it ever gets to that point, then that's, that's things got yeah. serious. But yeah. what was it? Too? Who is it? Uh, my dad's real good friend mm-hmm. was a L.A. sheriff. Oh, yeah. And he says. You never see people. You could. Uh, what does he say? He's like, you can really get people's attention. All you need is, and then everybody says this. So, <laughs> he said, it's like you don't even need it to be loaded. You just need to make the noise. <laughs> just rack it one time. Right? Actually, you know what? You just you should have that as a recording. And in the squad, the, squad car, squad car. So, let me give you some little information. Okay. These days, the people we deal with on the streets. That doesn't scare them anymore. Oh, well, it is an older story. <laughs> but you know, it, it's cool. No, and it, it, it does. But you know what scares them? So I can't tell you how many scenes I've been to. Um, real bad person that we're dealing with, right? And you, you're in a situation where you have a lot of cops there, and there's a lot of firepower. On both pointing, sides. Pointing at the direction of the threat. And the threat continues to engage in the behavior that they're engaging in, Right. So, guess what gets their attention? It's not the hundreds of guns that are pointing at them. It's the German Shepherd barking on the speaker oh, saying, really? if you don't stop, we're sending this dog in. And they come out with their hands up and like, do not send that dog in. Wow. Dead really? Serious. Oh, people are scared of the dog. That's so interesting. They are so... I'm scared. <laughs> they, tra- they, tra- they train us as officers. Like, if you see a canine, you know, a, a law enforcement canine, do not walk in front of that canine. The canine is in charge. Right there. So if that dog is deployed, you better get out the way. Right. Right? So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, so you talk about that shotgun, which, don't get me wrong, I, I hear it too. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to deal with all that. <laughs> but if you hear a canine, oh, hands are up. I'm coming out. Believe me. Wow. <laughs> so a lot of people. Are you know coming, what's yeah. funny too? I, I thought of that, you know, all the time when you see them, they're like, oh, sick, the dog's on him. Uh-huh. Like, like Mr. Burns. <laughs> Mr. Burns. Release, Mr. Burns. Release, Release the hounds. The hounds. <laughs> what are you going to do? Release the hounds so or the bees <laughs> or the dogs <laughs> that have bees in their mouth. So when they bark, they spit bees, bees at me. They suggest you leave immediately. Or what? You release the dogs or the bees or the dogs with bees in their mouth. And when they bark, they shoot bees at you. Well, go ahead. Do your worst. He locked the door. <laughs> That's such a great episode. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just stuff like that. But you know, I'm like, ah. They can't be that bad until I got bit by like tiny oh, small dog. And then this little 
<laughs> this little yappy dog. I'm. <laughs> it was one of those things where I like w- was running down like the hall or something at our friend's house, and the dog freaked out, so it went and bit me through my jeans. And then I look, and it's got a good bite, but it was like, it was like mild, not not like. I mean, it hurt, and it was like somewhat annoying for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's a yippy little dog. <laughs> Imagine a football in German Shepherd. I mean, yeah, it doesn't right. even need to be a German Shepherd. If it was a beagle inviting <laughs> me, I'd be like, ah! <laughs> Not the beagle. Me. I actually agree. I 100% agree. But it's with just that. like you're saying, German Shepherd. Oh, I'm done. No. 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 I just, I'd be so done. Last weekend, I was laughing. That's super funny. The guy wouldn't come down the stairs. He saw, he saw all this, right? He saw all this. And then the dog started barking. He's like, nope. Nope. I'm like, just come down. We won't let the dog go if you just come down the stairs. It took like five minutes to come down the stairs. But you didn't have to let the dog go. No, 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 no. He's coming. Have you let the dog go? Or have you been there when the guy left? Can you call me so I can let the dog go? Oh, I'll just record it for you guys. <laughs> oh, I, was gonna, I almost said, "Can you record it?" But that'd be kind of unethical. Where it's like, I've, "Hey, release the dog." Well, wait, body, wait, 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 wait. I gotta yeah, make sure cams. this is. Yeah. I gotta make sure this is landscape. Oh, remember, <laughs> yeah. if you record anything, always landscape. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> never because you need, we need good. <laughs> what was that? I saw that about. <laughs> it was a joke on Black Friday. It says, "Remember, everybody." Do the thing for everybody else, and you think it's like, be nice and don't mow people over. And it's like, when you film those people mowing people over, make sure it's landscape. <laughs> like, every time I watch the news and then they have it the wrong way, I'm like, ah, oh, come on. You got to use landscape, even if it's like when the car burst into fire. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see, I just, oh man. I, I don't want to see someone get, yeah, exactly. I've I seen it. See people get hurt. But. And I've seen a dog jump over walls. and Yeah, that's yeah. what I want to see. Oh. oh, yeah, I've seen that plenty of times. What did I see? And I sit there like this. Ooh, and is it like <laughs> yeah. what was it too? Because I remember there was an old. Do you remember the Man Show? Did you ever see that? Yes. There was this that, old bit that, yeah. with Adam Carolla Adam was Carolla. trying out for like the El Monte PD, yeah. and he, he was talking about like the dogs because they put him in those suits where they're all yes. padded, and he's like, "Well, how do you get the dog off? Is there like a is there like a command. like a word like a command like yes. heel, and then he's done? Yes. They're like, nah, he just." Kind of bites you. And <laughs> it's like well, we gotta kind of like rip them off you. The handler, but. the handler has commands for the dog, obviously. Oh, but it's cool. So the way because it seems like yeah. yeah, once he's on, sorry. Yeah, they point the dog's nose like it's like it's uh, like it's like sights on a gun. They point it towards the target, and then that's where the dog goes. So if you're anywhere near that, the dog can't distinguish good guy and bad guy. They just know that this is the direction I'm going in, and that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. <clears throat> Um, getting to my knowledge, right and I hope I'm not incorrect. I'm not giving correct information, but that was to my knowledge. Yeah, so that's why they say if you see the dog being deployed, just get out of there. You are not anywhere near the front of that. Nope, I am. I, I need to be in the peripheral I'm, vision off yeah, to the side. Yeah, actually, I need to be behind the dogs. I'm All behind three other people that are filming <coughs> and they say, "Hey, send me that text because I'm not getting anywhere near you while that dog's being deployed." Right there. You're sitting in the back <laughs> of the squad car, like, oh. It's funny because they they say it's always related to cops. So like, yeah, we hear gunfire, we go straight to the gunfire, right? You hear dogs barking, we're going the other way. I'm not going anywhere near where that dog is going. I'll tell you that right now. I hear gunfire, I'm going to go straight to the gunfire. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to take care of it. I hear the dog going, I'm like, nope. Now that dog's got a handle. I'm going the way. Dog got it. And I don't need to be collateral damage. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, real quick. So, David, the thing we learned yesterday, I was telling GV about it. Was it it um, the the four piece? It was scripture, reason, the person, and 
conscience. So no, so, so George teaching. So, he, so yeah, so this is uh, not not necessarily applying that every night. So what he's talking about in there is he's talking about sources of moral um, teaching. That's what he's talking about. Oh. So like, how do you for, how do you form your conscience, right? So you have your baseline conscience, like yes. whatever whatever you like, what makes you feel or whatever. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. But you also have to align that with scripture, being in, in verse of scripture, uh, church teaching. Yes. Um, uh, science, cultural norms, that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. these these types of things um, all have to take place, and that has to do with forming your conscience, which he, which he didn't make super clear. But that <laughs> all has to do with with forming your conscience, okay. not necessarily um, in the in the moment or discernment and stuff like that. But that's something that's an ongoing oh, basis of people okay. that are learning and growing. Okay, so it doesn't so, have to be part of my examination of conscience. Every no, night, not necessarily. No, that'll okay. take that'll take too long. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. a lot of wrestling. I still be. <laughs> Jesus also wants you to rest. <laughs> yeah. And he can't say wrestling without rest. Yeah. yeah. All right. We have one more interview in the special interview episode of the conference. Um, it's our good buddy, Dylan. And uh, he's been on the podcast before. He's taught a confirmation with us and done many a retreats. And actually, he was in my class many years ago. So i um, very excited that he's... Uh, you know, growing up and doing all this stuff and becoming a real person and all that. So uh, here's our talk with him. But also remember, everybody, this will be the uh, the end of this episode pretty much. But we're going to drop another one because there was a lot of David and Neil chit-chat with a special guest and stuff that we did throughout, what, Saturday morning, yep. getting up for the, the diocese. So uh, listen for that episode coming probably in two weeks or depending on if David gets busy and how the uh, <laughs> <laughs> editing process goes. But Hopefully keep in two your weeks. For part two coming soon. But here's our interview with Dylan, and we'll wrap it up after that. Bye. All right, how's it going, Dylan? What's your what's your uh, uh, so we're talking Catholic pet peeves here at the Las Vegas Diocesan Conference, Dylan. Dylan, where's the horn? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, tell us tell us about your pet peeves, Dylan, or a pet peeve, just one, one that we can deal with. We know you're neurotic. Yeah, no, I don't have any pet peeves. Oh, okay. I actually, I, I accept everybody for who they are, exactly as is. I don't judge. Oh, that's my pet peeve about Dylan right now. Okay, real quick. <laughs> what, lying? <laughs> you were um, the most judgmental kid in my class. <laughs> that was different. That was a different scenario. Anytime those girls asked one question, you were like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I kept my mouth shut until they were gone, though. He's I like, said my, my pet piece. peeve is stupid people. That is actually what I was going to say. <laughs> My my pet peeve is other people. Other people. Yeah. yeah. I I don't like I don't like when people start talking about things like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's a problem. I also don't like when people talk at all, <laughs> or they talk about things they may know about, but like in like classes like that, they're like, okay, do you have questions? Yeah, I want to ask you about this. All right, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, or. <laughs> And I'm like, do these people just talk to hear themselves talk? Or, yes. Because yes. yeah. what was it, too? My favorite was... You realize uh, we have a podcast. I was <laughs> just going to say that. Oops, my bad. I was just going to say that. I was like, yeah, those people start podcasts. <laughs> yeah, they sure do. All right, I, I, I'll give you that. But, I mean, I remember, what was it? How many years back was it when we switched the missile? 
Oh, that was, to, what, 2007 or something like that, the third edition of the Roman Missile? Well, no, it was a little later Maybe than 2008, that. 2008, 2009? I don't know. Sometime when we went, because a bunch of us from the young adult group went, and we went and we're listening to this lady explain the changes in Mass, explaining how we're going to change some prayers, on how it's really not that much, it's just some parts of Mass, it's mostly language to match up with the Latin and la di da And there's 50, 50 people like asking questions. So I have a very strong devotion to to uh, to uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Is everything changing there? No! What? <laughs> it was like, what are we changing in the Catholic faith? No, nothing. And they're just asking and say, but it always starts out with, I have uh, yeah, me, right. me, it's me. It's me. It's my devotion, my, my thing, my Jesus. Yeah. That's the, that's the issue that you ha- we have with other people. I think I think it's it's less um, like I have less of an issue with it when we're at like Catholic events and stuff like that because there's there's enough of representation everywhere for it to be corrected, right? So if I say something wrong, there's you know hundreds of Catholics here that can look at me and be like, all right, he said something wrong. This is what's right to say, right? My my real issue, and it, this has come up a lot more now that I'm hanging out with more Protestants yeah. because Catholic churches have been closed. Uh, and so I hang out with Protestants now, and um, among and they, wolves, they yeah, they they bring up things. They're like, "Well, my Catholic friend said this," and I'm like, "I'm like, all right, that's that's not right." And they're like, "All right, well, but that's what they said, and that's what Catholics believe." I was like, "That's not no. what Catholics yeah. believe." That and that's my that's my main issue, it, and that's I think that's where I get annoyed is when I have to go back. And I have to backtrack on this thing that somebody told them five years ago that's ingrained in their brain and have like an hour-long conversation about, all right, that person wasn't right. And they're like, all right, well, then how can your religion be right if this person wasn't right? And I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense sense (laughs) at all. Yeah. How could the Constitution be right if that senator was wrong? I I get into stuff like... Oh no, no! My friend is Seventh Day Adventist, and I—it's I, it, his birthday, and I, I took him out last night, and I had that exact same conversation with him about, you know, well, you know, there's this Catholic that did that, and I'm like, all right, I'm like, that's cool, I'm like, good for that Catholic, I'm like, but that's not that's the not teachings. church teaching, yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's just this person, it's like, wow, just because Hitler did atrocities doesn't right. mean all mm-hmm. Germans or all people born in April or people with mustaches, which he did ruin. Because remember, like, Oliver Hardy had it and Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Now nobody can have that mustache anymore. Yeah. And My then, cousin has the same birthday as Adolf Hitler. Was it the 15th? Uh, no, the 20th. 20th. Oh, yeah, what's the, oh 15th. 15th is tax day. That's, That's what I was fun. thinking yeah. of. <laughs> I knew there was another atrocity. atrocity. <laughs> No, yeah, that's that is uh, definitely uh, a struggle because I've experienced that too with people who dismiss the church because of something that somebody told them that Catholics believe that isn't true, and yeah. that happens quite often. Yeah, but I don't understand how you take one person and say that. They they do it all the time. Hello, Christy oh. Maris. You're listening, it's okay. It's oh, okay. Uh, welcome to our show. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a that's a big issue for me. Um, and it's become a pet peeve just because of how relevant it is in my life right now, right. and how much time I spend talking about it yes. with people. And it and it almost always comes back to like the same things. It almost always comes back to the same things. That's um, how I feel teaching teenagers. It's always those kinds of things that somebody had told them, or that they just always believed, and then. Uh, and it's always the same exact stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like s- swimming after you, uh, waiting an hour after you eat to swim. That's it. Yeah. That's not. That's not church teaching. It's not. I remember. 
watching the Pope swim right after a ham sandwich. And I was scandalized. I was. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it, it always get it. Well, it's, I mean, it's always the same stuff. It, it is like it's always. Um, it, especially when you're talking, like, if you just expand it beyond just Protestant talking, but just any kind of talk to atheists or anything like that. All right, well, then how does suffering work? All right, right. well, if God loves everybody, then why does he hate gay people? All right, right. then, you know, if you sin, uh, you know, or uh, why do you guys pay to the Catholic Church? Or why do you guys, you know, do all this stuff? I'm like, it's a cult. It's it's this. It's that. It's it's well, not right. Oh, Mary. how are, you know, your priests are touching people. Right. And, and it's like. Things. Don't worry. Other people touch people, too. Well, that's my thing too. Like that, when I get into it with the with the Protestants, they're like, "Oh, well, there are all the sex scandals in the Catholic Church," and I'm like, now "The newsworthy sex the, scandals." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, "You really think that there's no sex scandals in the, inside the Protestant churches either?" I'm like, "They're just smaller organizations." So Do we get rid of all of class. all schools because, because teachers, there's yeah. there's no teachers that have sex scandals? Exactly. Or do we get that's rid of all scouting because there's no sex scandals? Do we get rid of all creepy uncles because of sex scandals? We, we should probably get rid of all creepy uncles. <laughs> you should get rid of all creepy uncles. You shouldn't get rid of all uncles. <laughs> oh, That's yeah, sorry. But <laughs> well, what if you're one. just a creepy uncle, but you really don't do anything? You just look are you, it. Are you trying to defend yourself? <laughs> Wait, I'm not. A... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this right now. I feel. Uh, uh, you're defending creepy uncles everywhere. Would uh, you like to make a case? Yes. <laughs> Backpedal. Backpedal quick. Nick creepy uncle. <laughs> you get canceled just as David buys all this fancy technology. Oh, I know. I just, I, I'm just waiting because, like, you know, it's funny. Like, Romel, our friend, he, he always says, you know, you got to run for governor. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. And then I know that the whole thing will the be like. On the libertarian platform. Huh? On the libertarian, libertarian platform. Hey, I got to run somehow. <laughs> it's either independent or something because uh, I'm. I'm well, I would be more conservative. I know they'll never let me be a Democrat. No. And fish most eaters. Republicans wouldn't want me. No. But <laughs> The Fish Eaters Party. The Fish Eater Party. And then when we came up with that, oh no, it was the Bread Breakers. Bread Breakers. But it's like, I would be terrible. Well, maybe I could be a libertarian. But I know they'll it's be like, hey, look at all these Among Wolves episodes where you're talking a hell of shit about everything. And, <laughs> and look at your views on things. You should be canceled. Or the one time you were talking about Mrs. Santa Claus in the second... Uh, Oh, what's it called? In uh, uh, You're Without a Santa Claus, you were like, she was hot in the first one, and then she's fat in the second one, so now you're a fat shamer. And I'm really like, <laughs> great. I realized that after I said so, it. Because I was like, she used to be hot, and then she got fat. And then it's like, oh, damn. That's so going to come brings it up again. That's so going to come another episode. Oh, whatever. That, I'm, so I'm owning up to it. But I'm not saying sorry. Taking about we're, we're gonna uh, dim his light. That's that's gonna be our thing. Oh, like, for my for my for my pope picture. For your pope picture. We're just dim also your light. I can run for pope too because you get elected. Yeah, run for pope. Yeah. Technically, you're not you allowed to, to run for pope. You yeah. can't campaign. You can't campaign to be the, the, the holy father. Why not? That's not a thing. You have to be nominated, right? You have to be nominated, and you can't like say, "Hey, you should nominate me." That's not. You're not allowed to say that. Can stuff. I just put posters up that says "Neil for Pope"? You can, but but nobody will vote for you. Because that's not how. Because we're working in a crooked and a setup system, keeping the non-cardinals out. It's designed to to work against you. Technically, you don't have to be a cardinal; you just have to be voted by the cardinals. Yeah, but how many are in there? All of them. How many? Yeah, (laughs) how many popes are not cardinals? It's it's been a long time since we've had a long time. I'm gonna. You know what I will do? I will be a fisherman. Because that's how they got the first one. Yeah. Um. All right, but so here's here's what we got into 
in the last one that yes. I was confused about. So we were talking about. Uh, so he kept saying, uh, he kept repeating over and over until I finally left that you know if you're not, if you didn't intend to do a sin, then you didn't sin. Right. Instead of saying you still sin, but it's yeah culpability. And so I just I just got up and left. But he was talking about it's still be venial sin. Yeah, he was talking about hospice. Or we okay. were talk- we started talking about hospitals, right? Okay. And the culpability of somebody who, um, right? So like my my uncle's been suffering with colon cancer for years and years and years, right? He just passed away this summer, um, and he had passed away through hospice care, right? And his wife administered the uh, the the drugs that inevitably killed, right? right. And so we were talking about um, is that sinful, right? Because we like. She knew that by doing that, it was going to shorten his life. Right. Right. But she also knew that he was in immense pain. Right. Right. And uh, he wasn't living life to the fullest. He wasn't living life in a quality way that was suitable. Yeah. Quality of life was extremely diminished by the by the point where it got to. Right. The and the medication wasn't actively choosing to kill him. It wasn't but poison. It was, but it had a, a second. It had a purpose to it. Right. It was removing pain. Was Is it painkiller? Was it a painkiller? What was it? Yeah. What, it was morphine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that is literally the principle of double effect, and that's where the principle of double effect actually comes into play because um, the principle of double effect relies heavily on uh, the proportion of the evil that's incurred, right? And so, uh, the principle of double effect is, is essentially saying that some actions have more than one outcomes, have more than one effects, right? So, in the particular case of the of the morphine drip, is one effect is that it relieves pain from a person. The secondary effect is that it may shorten that person's life. In fact, we know it's going to shorten that person's life. Uh, it, it's going to make their breath more shallow and may ultimately lead into their death, right? Yeah. But that's the secondary effect here. If that is if that is the primary effect that you are willing, like if you're willing that effect, that I'm going to give him morphine in order for him to die, and so I'm going to give him this much morphine because I know this much will kill him, then that's where you're, you're talking gravely sinful, right? But if you're talking like I'm relieving his pain, this much morphine is gonna, it's going to take to relieve his pain, but it's probably going to shorten his life at some point. That's this, that's willing the secondary effect, right? Mm-hmm. And the, it's proportional because this person is literally dying. It's a matter of days or, or maybe even weeks before this person actually does die, but they are actively dying. And so you are. Um, uh, it's not you're you're not making a, a drastic change in the situation of the person. But you are relieving and making them comfortable in that situation. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so now uh, to just kind of expand on that, how does that relate to, because doctor-assisted suicide is legal in a couple of states now, right? How does that relate to that where, you know, if I if I have cancer and I know that it's going to kill me, right? I'm not responding to treatment, stuff like that, but I'm not yet to the point where I'm in immense pain, I'm not right. currently in. Like I'm in the. We're all in the process of dying, right? Yeah. We're Slowly. as we age, we all Absolutely. are in the process of dying. Yeah. And so when we talk about doctor-assisted suicide, and I have something like cancer, where it's inevitable that within the next couple of years I'm going to experience immense pain, right. And I'm going to die. How does it relate to that, right? Because hospice is like immediate. Like they're like this person has days or weeks left, right. and they're in incredible pain. Let's right. relieve it's that. It's been palliative care. So the the principles here is um, not. The, the language you want to use in the principles is not process of dying because you're right we're all in process of dying but there is a there is a point where the body actively is dying mm-hmm. which means that the organs are beginning to shut down uh, uh, the ability to swallow and take like there comes a point where um, I don't know if you have you if you've been around death a lot 
But um, there comes a point in a person, you know, whenever they have IV fluids coming in in order to give them nutrients, there comes a point where the body stops absorbing the nutrients and they, they have to actually stop the IV fluids because the body just starts to bloat, right? Okay. Because it, it can no longer, it's, it's, no, it's not doing its job. It's just collecting. That's the process of actively dying, right? Okay. And so um, even in that moment, assisted, uh, a physician assisted suicide is not permissible, right? That's there's never going to be a moment where you can say like, I'm going to go ahead and um, give this, this medication to this person to make them die right now. That, okay. That's not a thing that we can do. But is it okay to do the thing where you're like, here we're going to give you as much to make you kind of out of it so you yeah, don't feel that's it. That's palliative and, care. And that's it. And yeah, you might be in this state until you die. And and that's this might. Speed it up a little. It might speed it up, but, but you're going to be comfortable in the process of it. That's what, that's what we mean by palliative minutes. care. And that's different from the person who um, has cancer and will eventually die in however many years because that person currently isn't actively dying. They're still functional. And if they got something like pneumonia, that's treatable, right? And it's easily treatable. And there's no uh, – and, and there's uh, and the proportion of the number of years that are lost – because of this person not receiving the treatment that that they uh, that they could easily receive, versus um, that proportion of years or that proportion of days or hours or whatever it happened to be for a person that's actively dying, that's that's the nearness right there. That's when double effect comes into play versus this long distance where that's not proportional. Mm -hmm. Like this person could have potentially years left to live, uh, and to to. A convert to to the the image the, to the person that God has created them to be more, uh, to contribute to the the sanctification of others more, and um, to just offer themselves uh, to the to their brothers and sisters in the community more. You know that's that is that has value. You know, and that's 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 one of the big reasons why um, like physician assisted suicide even in the terminal case doesn't make any sense because the well a you're actively ending a life but um b you're not counting the good that's there mm -hmm. you're, you're just discounting all of that and there's no proportion there's no that's not a proportionate response okay um, it's like saying like i have there's a fly in my house and i'm going to shoot it with a nine millimeter because it's in my house and i can't stand the fly i'm going to take a shotgun and try to shoot it against the wall versus my fly swatter that's an improportionate response okay uh, I really enjoyed his comparisons uh, or his uh, uh, depiction of original sin as um, uh, we feel shame, thus we run from love, right? Yeah. Because everybody we thinks, hide. yeah, everyone thinks of it as like, oh, hiding from God, but nobody kind of makes a connection of like God equals goodness and love. Right. And therefore, when we feel that shame, we, we hide from it. We hide from it. Yeah. And it was literally a conversation that I was having last night with my friend that, you know, he's like, oh, I, you know, I feel so awkward around people and I don't have really good people skills. And it's like yeah, every time I interact, I, I'm watching myself and I feel embarrassed. And that's why I shut myself out from everything. Right. Like all he does is sit in his room and, and play computer games and stuff like that when he's home from work. And uh, and I was just having that conversation with him last night. And it never at any point in time dawned on me that that's what happened during original sin. Yep. That was cool. I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the first part of it. And then he, yeah. it was like... And just went off the rails. Yeah, it just got weird. It got weird kind of quick. I was yeah. like... And then I just never stopped getting weird. Yeah. I was like, okay. I know. That was what was disappointing about it. Because, I mean, that's it's something that people are really interested in and are hungry for. And there's a lot of Catholic teaching around it. Like, there's an entire section of the catechism devoted to it. 
to sin or, or original, original sin, sin specifically? Oh, to morality in general. Oh, got you. Yeah. All right, we all ready right. to shut it down? Can you see all? Yeah. Let's give a closing out. You want to give a closing? All right. Give, um, give us a closing. Who? Yeah. Oh, Me? Oh, yeah. I don't care. Whoever. Nah, don't worry. Hey, thanks for coming on, Dylan. Yeah. We're always a pleasure it's to see nice you. always nice to have you. You know? Nice to have you on the show. A recurring Can't wait to guest. Your, to your wedding. Yeah. We're excited about that. January 8th. You guys got the, the Facebook intro. I think I got Facebook things, but it was like part of the group that started two years ago when you first got engaged. <laughs> That's still the same group. <laughs> it's super funny. So it's just like the date keeps changing, and I'm like, it's still a maybe. I mean, I don't know. Is everybody going to be dead? Giving her more time to back out. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to help her out. Help assist out. All right, everybody. um, Thank you very much for listening to this. Um, I don't know if we're going to have to have canned endings for all the others or something. No, I'll figure figure something out. It might be canned endings. It might just be abrupt endings or whatever. Stay tuned for part six or 17 or however it goes. We should do something. But, yeah, hit us up and check out the Instagram at... At Among Wolves Pod. And there's a Facebook... At Among Wolves Pod. And, you know, David's, our David's personal phone number is? At Among Wolves Pod. So, yeah, hit us up. Let us know how you feel. Um, on, if you are listening to us the first time because you heard about us at the conference, thank you. I hope you enjoy your sticker. Um, yeah. Really glad to see. I love seeing all the people. We got to talk to Auxiliary Bishop Greg Gordon. And, you know, we had got to say hi to Father Ron, even though he didn't want to come on. No, I don't, he, I don't think he had time to come on. But... <laughs> But um, who else? We talked to a lot of uh, friends lot of people. and people coming by, and um, it's a good time. You know, hopefully, we could do this again next year or something. Fun. And you know, we'll get so, a banner. Yeah, I forgot that we had those posters, and I forgot to bring those. We could have put those out front too. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. You know, sooner or later, Anaheim will just be calling us and saying, "Hey, we need you there." That's right. We need you there. We need you there. And we'll be like, I guess if we have to. As long to. as we can do it from the Phoenix Club. Oh, the Phoenix Club. <laughs> yes, we need some of that. I already ordered two steins for us. Yes. So, yeah, we it. need some German food. And beer. Oktoberfest, baby. Amen. All right, All right, well, we'll catch you on the flip. We're out. Bye. Amen. This is Auxiliary Bishop Gregory Gordon of the Diocese of Las Vegas, and you are listening to Among Wolves.